Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 27th of January 2020 um, as we discuss one man and one man only. Um, I shouldn't say that. I, I apologize. I totally shouldn't say that. Uh, as we discuss <clears throat> the life and times of the legendary Kobe Bean. Right, but of course I'm your host, Surreal Gerald Quinn. Before we get into the Kobe aspect of this podcast, I just want to say uh, my condolences to all the families, all the families, friends of the nine members who died on that that died in that helicopter crash. Uh, I do not, by any means, want to disrespect uh, the uh, the other families and, and victims outside of Kobe Bryant and Gianna. Um, I, every life is equal. I don't care money, fame, it doesn't matter. Every life is equal. So I, I want to make it a, make it a point to give those families, um, their proper, pay those families their proper respects by acknowledging them. Um, their lives will never be the same, um, at all. And it's just, you know, something that is just un, almost just, it's unspeakable. It's just, it's something that, you know, that is still hard to uh, put into words, hard to process. Um, you know, you you wake up, uh, go about your business, you know, just like it's any other day or thinking like it's going to be any, any other day. Um, and you just get hit with, you know, a ton, like a ton of bricks in terms of this particular uh, situation. Um and you don't, I still can't believe it, you know, I still, it is still something that you just don't, there's no way to even fathom, you know, preparing for it, there's no, it just, you know, the finality of it, and the just, um, of it just really is, uh, you know, can, was overwhelming, to say the least, um, watched a ton of stuff, like yesterday, of course, and by the way, we are, simulcasting this podcast um i'm on uh instagram as well as uh as well as youtube of course my youtube uh youtube channel is real deal podcast i'm on instagram live right now um 24 and 8 he deserves multiple he had multiple numbers so he deserves multiple um platforms in, in which, you know, we will uh, discuss, it, you know, the life and, and the career of one, uh, Kobe, being Bryant. Uh, certainly chime in. Um, I have the, uh, you know, you can certainly chime in on both Instagram and as well as uh, YouTube as far as any comments or questions, um, uh, comments or questions. The chat line is open. I will, you know, get to the messages as quickly as I can. Um, so, you know, certainly I, I welcome any conversation. What is, what is your Kobe favorite Kobe moment? What are your thoughts about Kobe Bryant? You know, as a not only a basketball player but even as a human being. And I, you know, I think you know one of the things, a lot of the things that the things that came to mind to me about Kobe immediately it wasn't the good stuff. It wasn't the good stuff. It was how he dealt with 
the adverse situations over the course during the course of his life in the public and both professionally and personally. You think about and this is I mean this is the easy one. Eagle Colorado. I remember when that came out and I was just like saying to myself, this guy, he may never play basketball again. I thought it was a chance. I thought I literally thought it was a chance that he was gonna go to jail. I really did. Like it, that was a real situation. That wasn't one of those situations where it wasn't about, yeah, he had money for you know to pay you know high priced lawyers. But that was some real fear that he might not play basketball. He might get locked up. Now, of course, the case got dropped, settled out of court. And that was a real that I mean, that was a real life situation. And again, completely at fault from the standpoint of, yeah, he may not have done what the initial uh, in terms of in terms of rape. But, you know, he cheated on his wife. And I remember the following day, it came out, it came out on a Friday. He comes out, he come he comes out Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, wife in hand, hand, you know, holding hands in a press conference, and he took every single question. And I'm like, I was understand. I was remember I, at the time I was in DC, not living, but we were we did a road trip in down DC. Um, and I remember it was 2003. It was July 2003, and I was just like, it, saying to me, you know, a couple of friends of mine, there's no way a day after that I would be in front of the cameras. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, you got like people already, you know, rapists. You should be locked up. I mean, just like his movies are being dropped from you know major endorsements. Um, he was never going to be considered the complete face of the league in terms of the in terms of the level of where Jordan or was at prior to or where LeBron is at right now. That wasn't that wasn't going to happen considering where it transpired. But he took that and again, and one of the great comeback stories of that you can imagine as far as it was like, all right, Got to go travel, private jet, um, come play these games. Got to eat. He had to eat all of that as far as his public perception. And did not, again, clearly his fault. Didn't run away from it. Didn't hide behind publicists. Didn't hide behind not speaking to the media. Didn't hide from that standpoint. He dealt with it head on. He dealt with it head on in the beginning, like that initial day after. I'm talking about that, that day after. Now, there were times he, he did not speak to the media um, as the trial is going on and he's going back and forth, what have you. He you know, kind of was in his own world from that standpoint. And he had some issues with reporters who said things about him and what have you. Shelly Smith talked about that earlier on Sports Center, how they went 12 years without speaking. She was covering that case like day in and day out. She was the main pool reporter for, uh, for ESPN that time, with, <coughs> excuse me, on the coverage <coughs> of that case. That was, that was the first, the first one. The second one was the Shaq split 
2004. Uh, so they lose the finals to Detroit. They get knocked around. It basically was a five-game sweep. They uh, trade Shaq. He gets blamed for he gets blamed for uh, Shaq being moved, and you know he had to eat that for the next. That was a 2004 season for the next few years. You know he had all kinds of scoring binges. Shaq wins the championship in 2006 with Dwayne Wade, and he basically from 2000. And from that season on, from that 2004-2005 season up until 2000, it took the Lakers three years to until they got to Paul Gasol, until they got Paul Gasol, and some of those younger players started developing. It took them three years to get three and a, three and a half years to basically get back in title contention. And he had to hear, you can't win without Shaq. They lose to Boston 2008, getting, you know, in six games, 39-point 30, loss in game six. And it wasn't until he won those back-to-back championships in 09 and 2010 where he just, you know, carved out his own niche as an absolute iconic all-time great. And then, of course, you have the Achilles tear in 2013 at the age when he was 34. And at that point, he had nothing left to prove. It was just a matter of him trying to go after ring number six maybe accumulate some scoring feats as far as maybe he had a he had an outside chance of possibly catching Kareem. Talked about playing until he was 40. Um, I remember that. Talked about playing until he was 40 because up, up, up until that point, he had, didn't have a major injury. Tears his Achilles, and I think he did it in mid-April. I want to say early to mid-April. He was back the following November of that same year. We've seen Achilles take guys out, not only for their careers, but take guys out for the entire seasons. Kevin Durant will not play this season with that Achilles tear. Comes back from that, breaks, breaks his kneecap, comes back from that, tears his labrum, labrum, comes back from that to finish out his career for 20 years. So, you know, it was during, it, to me, that would jump, that jumped out as much as anything, of how he handled adverse uh, situations over the course of his career. What he did basketball-wise, um, I think, speaks for itself. I mean, you know, you I'm sure you've had, you memorized the numbers, and not numbers, but the accolades, and the you know, championships, the all-star appearances, and you know, all-star MVPs, uh, the one low MVP, even though even though he should have more MVPs, so, uh, the basketball stuff is kind of goes has his own place. I think you know you know I was talking to some people to this talking to some people today about this. I think when you look at Kobe Bryant, you think impact. You think how how could one how could just how could this one man who's not even considered the greatest basketball player of all time. He's, in, you know, depending on who you talk to, he's, in, he's definitely top 10. Some people have him top 6, 7, some maybe you have him top 7 to 8, somewhere in that range. But how can one man impact millions upon millions and get this outpouring uh, of love? And wasn't he was not trying to be, and, and 
not a guy who was not trying to be liked. He was not trying to be liked. He was not trying to be revered. He was not trying to be loved. He was not that dude. Now, people started seeing him soften up after he retired. But the majority of this love that you see came from the 17 to 20 years he was competing. And the 17 years he was near at near or at the top of the NBA. And he made no apologies for who and what he was as far as in terms of as a basketball player. His commitment to the game. You know, he was a throwback. The older players loved him. Guys who came up, you know, the in the Michael Jordan era, a Charles Barkley era, even the, the even the guy, you know, Bill Russell, Oscar Robson, those guys loved Kobe Bryant. Loved in terms of how he played the game. And I think that, you know, I don't view, uh, I don't like using the word hero when it comes to anyone outside of, you know, actual heroes. You know, you're talking about people in the military, you're talking about people who, you know, save lives, policemen, firemen, and what have you, first responders, EMT. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to call Kobe Bryant a hero. But what I will say is he embodied a blue-collar work ethic that anyone could, any of us could learn from, apply it to our everyday lives, and we and be successful with it. The passion of doing what you love. And doing it not just to doing it at a level to where I'm in love with with I'm in love with the process. I'm in love with the, the tedious the tediousness of the process. I'm in love with the work that people don't see behind the scenes. And then we keep pushing ourselves over and over and over until I perfect what I do. I get the most out of my, out of whatever, whatever, how much ability I do have. Be an over, overachieve. No, guards are not supposed to, 6'6", 210 pound guards are not supposed to play 20 years in the NBA. It was unheard of for a guard during the time to come out of high school to play in the NBA. It's unheard of. Most of the guys that came before him were big men. Moses, um, not Moses Malone, uh, Daryl Dawkins, Bill Willoughby. Those guys were big men. Kevin Garnett. So again, he went against the grain, and you know, like Frank Sinatra, he did it. He did it his way. He did it his way. Did you always like his way? No. Did I always like it? Like his way as a fan? <laughs> no. 
but it didn't matter because at the end of the day, he was going to do whatever it took to win, not only in on the basketball court, but in life. And you look at the transition that he's made um, post-playing career. It is as smooth of a transition that you will ever see an athlete make. I mean, I, I predicted shortly after he retired, like, he'll come back. He's going to come back. He's just like Jordan. He has that, he has that, he'll take a year off, get his body in order. He'll be back. I just knew it. I, I mean, I was hoping against, I, I was hoping, of course, as a, as a, as a fan is all the years I, you know, grew up watching him and uh, basically grew up, you know, grew up a Laker and basically spend as much, spend more years as a Laker than he, you know, you think about it, he, 20 years as a Laker, he said had 20 years, he started as a 17-year-old, started as a 17-year-old, and spent more than, up until the point he retired, he was, spent more than half his life as a, as a Los Angeles Laker. He only lived, he retired at 37, he played in the league for 20 years. You know, put that in perspective for a second. And, you know, you had to, um, you know, you had, you, he gave, you know, Kobe gave you everything. You saw, you saw it all. You saw the ups, you saw the downs, you saw him vulnerable, you saw him hurt. You saw him uh, young, you saw him old in terms of basketball-wise. Not certainly 41 is, is still young, is young. But in terms of basketball-wise, you saw him as the, the aging gunslinger who ran out of bullets but still competed as, as best he could. And the thing about it, in regards to, you know, the type of basketball player he was, don't look no further. His peers, the peers... The other players revere him. They may not all like him, but they revere him. And just how he, you know, it's, a, it's remarkable how he just crossed so many generations of players. I mean, he comes in in 96, playing against, you know, playing against Jordan. Uh, last Jordan's last couple of years, two years against Jordan before Jordan came back. So he ended up playing against Jordan for four years. The post, you know, the Jordan in 01 through 03, uh, played against Jordan 96 through 98, played against Clyde, Clyde Drexler, those guys, Barkley's late in their careers, Elijah's late in their careers. Then you had the Iverson, Vince Carter, Paul Pierce, Tracy McGrady, that group that he played against. Then you have the LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, um, Kevin Durant later on, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, that group, along with the likes of, you know, the guy along with, you know, the Dirt and the Whiskeys, Tim Duncan. So he played against, 
you know, I, I don't know if there's been a player that played against many, that many great players that, you know, were generations. Like, you're talking like, he basically played against, you know, three generations of players. In terms of, and I mean generation, I'm talking about NBA generations, not, you know, I'm not talking regular generations that in, in, in the terms of real life generations, but in terms of, you know, NBA, NBA generations every, I, I look at the NBA generation anywhere from five to eight years. He played against everybody. Everyone. You know, Grant Hills, the Scottie Pippins, Penny Hardaway's. Gary Payton's. Again, I love the fact that you saw that he encompassed everything. Everything. You know, the fact that he went through some of the stuff he went through. Um, yeah, he was not a flawed. He was. He was a. He was a flawed individual. We all. You know, as a newsflash, we all are. We all flawed. We all. All of us. All of us are flawed individuals. If you don't think you are, then that's a you problem. And now, you know, you, you know, you just wonder what else, what else, was, what was next? And that's the thing about, you know, when someone goes young, it is, it is the most difficult thing that you, you know, you know, Kobe dies at 81, 75, you say, hey man, lived a full life, got to see his, his daughters, you know, graduate college and get married and dance at their weddings. It's one thing. But, the, I mean, you know, the best was certainly yet to come, even though he won, even though he lived, in his 41 years, lived as full as life as you can possibly live and live and accomplish as much as you could possibly accomplish for someone, I mean, he, you know, he did it all, but there was more out there for him. There was more out there. So it is, uh, it's been a dark, it's been a dark month for the NBA um, with David Stern, one of the pillars and one of the you know, one of the great commissions of all time passed away, you know, 1st of January. Um, and now you have this uh, with Kobe Bryant. Um, rough time for the NBA. So, you know, we get, again, the games will go on. Um, but uh, there's some people that you just can't, you know, there's no, you know, he will leave a void that just frankly will not be filled. I mean, you got to read as a reason why all the players coming up, where is the Greek freak, whether it's Kawhi Leonard, all these, all the, you know, whoever, who's who, who's who list of players would go to them in the summertime to add to their game. That's not, that is not uh, accidental. That is not, you know, coincidental. The players know game recognizes game. And, you know, you talk about just, just a outright passion for what you do. He had, a, he had a stretch in his career where he played 
was an eight-year period where he played 600, 612 out of possible 640 games. And about 38, 39, 37, 38 minutes a clip. Had seasons where he played well over, over 40 minutes. Three of those years, he played all eight, all 82 games. He had one in a year where he, only played, where he played 80. He loved, he loved basketball. He loved basketball. And there was never a night where someone, where you, if you went to a Kobe Bryant, a game to see Kobe Bryant, where you felt cheated. Even if he shot two for 15. The last game I saw, I, did, I saw him one time. And I think I put I put the post on Instagram, and you you could tell it was some it was some nosebleed seats, but you know it was close enough for me. I I you know I I was up there, but I could still see enough of the action uh, down in D.C. Uh, they were playing, of course, the Wizards, and they won the game. And there was, of course, there was just I mean, Laker fans were it was sold. It was a sold out game. There were about at least there were. Building is about eighty percent Lakers. I mean, it, really, it might have even been higher than that. It's about eighty, absolutely eighty percent Lakers. Um, he had thirty-one points. I saw. I took the free throw picture of him taking a free throw, um, and it was uh, like, even in that game, it was just like. And I, again, I saw that. I've seen him live. That was that was basically the end. I mean, he was in this year twenty. Physically, he's broken down. But the that that you know Mamba mentality, that competitiveness, that will to win, the team stunk. They, they, the, the Lakers won, you know, lost like over sixty games. They weren't going anywhere. The last three years of his career, they were horrible. But it didn't matter. I mean, he was he was going out in a blaze of glory. Henceforth, and they're they're going to be playing the game on, tonight on ESPN, the sixty point game with Utah. You know, his last game of his career against Utah. And again, they don't make them like that anymore. I mean, they don't make them like that anymore. As far as you know, and I hate to sound like the get off my lawn, but they just don't. Players just don't have that mentality like that in the NBA anymore. As far as that, just killer. As far as that throwback, I think the Greek is close. As far as that mentality, as far as he's a throwback, he doesn't fraternize with other players. We'll see if he can win some titles. Uh, I think the Greek competes every night, of course. But he's a, it's a rare air. I mean, Westbrook a little bit, but Westbrook doesn't play with him, you know. I'm not, it's not even fair to compare anybody to Kobe Bryant as far as intelligence and skill set and will and killer instinct and all those, uh, you know, all those attributes that he had. But I just, you know, looking, you know, just looking at, looking at moving forward with the NBA. You know, you are, you know, it just just don't look for the next Kobe Bryant. Just, I mean, just you can just treasure the, the Kobe Bryant that we had for twenty, that we had watched for twenty years, watched for twenty years. Uh, if you try to look for the nothing for the next one, it's not going to happen. It's just not. But his impact on the NBA will certainly go on. You know, will live throughout the course of you know, you know, forever. I mean, he's that impactful of the league. Uh, you've seen uh, Dallas Mavericks are going to retire his number twenty-four. Um, I'm not one of those that thinks that he his number should be universally retired. I, that you know, 
could say that for Bill Russell. You could say that for Jordan. I mean, you could say that for Kareem. There's a few iconic, you know, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. You could say that for, excuse me. So I'm, I'm not, you know, Dallas, That's a that was a tremendous gesture by um, Mark Cuban and, and that organization, which was number class to retire his number. Pat Riley did that to Jordan back in the day. Uh, said nobody on the Heat will ever wear Michael Jordan's number. Um, I, I don't know what the league, now again, um, I don't know what the league is going to do as a whole to uh, to pay tribute to honor him as a whole. I don't think the league has to do something. I like. I'm not going to put pressure on the NBA to do something that lasts forever, as far as jerseys, number retired, or anything like that. Um, I do give the league credit for canceling tomorrow night's game. It was too soon, so they postponed the Clippers Lakers game. If you haven't heard, that game has been postponed. So the league, you know. Let you know. Let let this thing kind of process, and it was, it was just too soon. It was too soon, too soon for the Lakers to play a game following you know following something like this. You saw players visibly shooken up, including LeBron James coming off the plane uh, yesterday at uh, yesterday uh, morning, or excuse me, yesterday afternoon. Um, so that game is postponed, and uh, and get it rightfully so. But uh, again, this is still difficult to even put into words. Uh, for me, you know, I was a you know I've been a Laker fan since '86, somewhere '85, '86. I was a Magic man. Um, I was a Magic man. Uh, had the six foot Magic, six foot poster of Magic Johnson. Um, when Kobe came along, again, me and Kobe are the same age, both. Born in uh, 1978, 41. You know, I grew up 30 minutes outside of Philadelphia. He grew up, you know, on the outskirts of Philadelphia as well. That's about where, you know, the, the, you both play basketball. That's what. That's about where the comparisons end, uh, to be honest with you. But I felt, you know, you know, I, you know, I laugh sometimes. You know, I, you know, my mother will always remind me, hey, I'm sure you the same age as Kobe. Like, yeah, yep, me and Kobe are the same age. And uh, she constantly reminds me that every time I get a chance to see her. And um, Kobe, you know, had to grow on me because as a Laker fan, it's about winning. Like, we don't care about stunting. You're not worried about you coming out of high school. You're not talking to me. I'm not thinking about what you say you're going to do. It's about championships. Lakers don't hang. They Lakers. Lakers don't hang Pacific uh, Division titles. They don't hang Western Conference championships. They hang NBA titles. So it took me a while to grab to kind of you know, I you know I I, I heard what Derek Jerry West said and I respected Jerry West and Jerry West said he was going to be an all time great. And I said you know I said All right, so when he got drafted they made the trade had no problem with them trading Divac to get him. I trusted Jerry West. That's the summer, of course, one of the great coups of all time. You draft, you took take Shaq away from Orlando, and then you draft Kobe Bryant, and that was you know the rest was history after that. But he had to prove himself um, to me, especially after those air balls in Utah, especially after you know um, you know we sat the bench for the first couple of years, which was which by the way he shouldn't have been sitting the bench for the first couple of years. Dell Harris just wasn't a very good coach. I mean, Kobe Bryant was good enough to play, 
right away. Um, he played that, you know, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have sat as long as he did sit, but it probably would end up being the best thing for him as far as a motivator, as far as just building that fire that would, you know, that would go on to become the Mamba. Um, but he went through some rough moments basketball-wise. You know, those air balls in Utah, they got swept in 98 and 99, once by Utah, the other one by the Spurs. He missed a couple free throws in game one of the Western Conference Finals against the Spurs, and then it ended up going on to get swept. Uh, but he had his coming out party, of course, in 2000, especially that series against Portland, when you know Portland basically had Shaquille O'Neal in a vice in game seven. He goes out there, gets 25-12, and had a couple of blocks, made all the big plays, and then had the, had the moment <laughs> in game three. Excuse me, game four against Indiana, Shaq files out. He's 21 years old, makes all the big shots, and they're going to win that series in six games. Um, so he, you know, he had to win in order to really to garner my respect as a basketball player, as a as a great basketball player. Because again, when you root for the Lakers, you're used to seeing greatness. I saw Kareem, I saw James Worthy, I saw Magic Johnson. You know, he had to go out there and and, and prove it. And I was a Magic fan, and I, I will say, you know, you ask me who my favorite, who, you know, greatest Laker, you know, I, you can go either way. You can go Magic, you can go Kobe. Um, even before this transpired, I leaned towards probably Kobe because of the longevity and how he won those last two championships. But you can go either way. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a Magic guy through and through. Um, but again, this, you know, if you're going to take anything away from, you know, outside of, you know, the obvious, and I mean, life is short, but as far as, you know, work ethic, as far as some of the principles, as far as just being curious about life, being curious, you know, challenging yourself, getting out, stepping outside your comfort zone. There's a lot you can take away from, uh, what Kobe Bryant did, uh, what Kobe Bryant did. It's not about just be, being a famous athlete. It's not about the money. It's not about none of that. It's about, you know, you getting the most out of yourself. You know, everybody, I think we all, in some ways, have to have a Mamba mentality, to be honest with you. I think all of us have it in us. It's just a matter, matter of, are we going to bring it out? Or what's going to bring it out? Is it going to come out? So... I see friend. I see some people on Instagram. So shout out to them for, for uh, joining uh, the program. Um, again, this is a dark day for the NBA. Uh, it, it's something that the NBA, you know, it's something that the NBA just, uh, you know, you, you lose somebody like that, the prime of their lives, who still had, you know, you know, with the daughters and then with four girls, and again, you just see, you just thought that the best was still yet to come, but, um, you know, now, with the Lakers moving forward, it is clearly, um, reluctantly so, it is clearly LeBron's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's LeBron's now, you know, LeBron has to be that, you know, that torchbearer, that torchbearer of the, of the franchise, and, you know, it's not, you know, he are, you know, he has enough pressure on him as is. They're expected to compete for a title this year. But uh, it's even beyond that. Even, you know, even if he were to win the title, that's not, you know, nobody's going to forget about Kobe. But I think the responsibility now lies with LeBron as being that guy.
for the Lakers. And, you know, LeBron is, LeBron is LeBron. LeBron is, has handled as much pressure as any athlete in the last 30 years. So I don't, I don't think it's a case of he can't handle it. But I, I don't think that he was anticipating that it would be, you know, that it would go down in this fashion to where he, you know, would have to carry, you know, that, you know, where he would have to carry that burden of being the it man for uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks for everybody for joining me, especially on Instagram. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the uh, Real Deal Podcast. Again, you can catch this podcast anytime at Real Deal uh, Real Deal Podcast on my YouTube channel. Go to iTunes.Apple.com. We're on Stitcher. It'll be on Blog Talk Radio as well. I'm out.